Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 162. I am your host, Bill Stahl. I hope you've had a chance to listen to Cole Clover and Adrian McDonald on the last two episodes discussing the Leadville Trail 100. Like Adrian, Annie Hughes was a relatively unknown rookie winner of this year's race. At age 23, many might have dismissed her as one of those cute stories of a youngster taking on too steep a challenge. When I began running ultras many moons ago, it was the realm of old goats who were getting slower, so we ran further. In fact, I believe in the 90s when I first ran the Leadville 100, there had never been a finisher less than 23 years old. It was considered too much discipline for so-called youngsters to be able to train for races that rigorous. Then along came young studs like Killian Journey, who broke that mold and became something of the Michael Jordan of ultra running, and opened the door for many, many more younger ultra specialists. But even when Claire Gallagher entered Leadville, who I had watched as a very strong high school cross-country runner at Cherry Creek High School here in Denver, I thought it was cute that Claire would attempt it. Then she not only won, but she ran the second fastest time ever behind the only the legend herself, Anne Trayson. However, Annie Hughes has some serious cred. She was third woman a year ago at her first 100 in Bryce Canyon, Utah, and set the FKT for the collegiate loop the collegiate loop of 160 miles, which is in southwest Colorado, and she completed that in 61 hours. In 2021, she has won the Collegiate Peaks 50-miler outright, including beating all of the men in the race. She followed that up by finishing second overall in Mesa's Hideout 100, a great tune-up for Leadville just two months later. One cool part about watching her run Leadville this year was the amount of local support she got. Yes, she is well known there because she manages the Leadville Race Series store on Harrison Street, Leadville's main drag. She is also well known for her ebullient personality, which does come through in our spirited conversation, and she has a deep love for getting up in the mountains. By the way, her Instagram handle of Outdorable Annie is among the best and appropriate ones I've ever seen. Annie has her sights set on the Moab 240 in October, where she will likely take on the current queen of ultra running, recent UTMB winner, Courtney Dewalter. Before we get started, I have openings right now. If you have a book manuscript that needs me to proofread it to perfection so it gets published without misspellings, typos, and grammatical errors. I can also review web pages, brochures, and other business documents for a reasonable cost. Please contact me if I can give you a quote. Okay, now here is Annie Hughes and me. Good morning, Annie. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, doing great. You have a lovely morning in Leadville, I'm sure, there, right? Yes. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Got yeah. out for a little run to enjoy it. Yeah, and this is the uh, first time you got out for a little run here post-100, so uh, how did that feel? I felt kind of creaky and <laughs> stiff <laughs> at first, but I think, yeah, just not running for over a week, everything was just kind of warming up and waking up. <laughs> so I might go for a run again later today, just to kind of flash everything out again. But yeah, yeah hopefully that was good. just a fluke thing this morning, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to what it's you're going to feel like when you're my age someday. All right, that's that, that's the way I feel every day. 
<laughs> you young kids have no idea what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, um, you, I'm really appreciative of you coming on the We Are Superman podcast. I know you've been a sudden celebrity, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of attention here. So it's uh, it's nice for you to be able to make time and talk to a local angle, so to speak. Um, I, I got to watch you running, and you know, I went up to um, Leadville. I was at the Winfield Aid Station, and you know, going into the race, I heard, oh, there's this um, local girl named Annie who's going to run this race, and you know, she's 23 years old, and I thought, well, that's cute. You know, it's like, um, you know, I mean, we've had a lot more younger and younger runners in the ultra world here. I mean, when I started out running, and I hate to say, but I ran my first Leadville 100 before you were born. But back in those days, it was just the realm of us old geezers who had gotten slow and we go further. And now there's been this whole wave of younger runners. And um, like Claire Gallagher, you know, she won the race and I knew her from high school when she ran at Cherry Creek High School. And I thought, well, okay, that's nice. Claire's going to go run an ultra marathon. Of course, she crushed it. And so it is, you know, it's doable. It happens more and more. But I thought, okay, well, there's some good women in the race. But yeah, it's cute that Annie's running. And then I saw you coming into Winfield and uh, you were just crushing it there. And um, so, yeah, my first question I want to ask you is like, uh, you're not real experienced. I mean, you've got some good runs under your belt already, but it had to have been kind of scary to take the lead as early as you did. And, um, you know, were you worried about wheels falling off or did you just have a real confident feel that you could take the lead and just keep building on it? I felt pretty confident. Um, that was my fourth hundred miler. So I felt like I had some experience and I just knew what I was going to feel like later. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of felt like even if I did, I don't know. I just felt like I was going at a pace that where I wouldn't blow up. Um, and just happened to be in the lead. So, um, yeah, I felt pretty confident being up there. I felt like I could hold it to the finish, but it was just a question of, are the other women going to like speed up and catch me? So, right. You know, you look at like, um, Adrian McDonald's, the way the, he kind of came from behind in his race. And that's kind of been a pretty good formula for most people at Leadville. Um, it's real easy to empty your tank a little too early there. And, uh, but you, you were a front runner there. And so was that part of the plan or is it just kind of the way it worked out? It was just kind of the way it worked out. I was actually sticking to a pace chart and I wanted to get to Winfield in about nine and a half hours. Um, I felt like that was a like realistic goal and pace for me. So, um, yeah, I just, I thought the other women would probably go out a little faster than that. So I was surprised to find myself in the lead, but, um, yeah. And then it was kind of cool to like turn around and see how far away I was from the other <laughs> women. <Right>. And <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it's like, okay, that much like space. And, um, yeah, like I'm a pretty strong climber, so I knew I could, maybe like make up some time on Hope Pass and like kind of open that gap a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I just kind of rolled with it. <laughs> right. Did you pace with some men or were you by yourself? Um, I ran with some men. Um, there is a group of us um, on the pipeline section right. um, from Twin Lakes to Outward Bound. We were kind of running together for a while. Um I'm kind of yo-yoing a bit. <laughs> right. So, um, and then I ran with, uh, his name is Teddy, Teddy Nolan. Um, we ran together 
for most of Hope Pass going back up and then um, on the way down into Twin Lakes. And then he was kind of in that group um, on Pipeline. So um, yeah, he was super nice. And so it was fun to like, make. I feel like I always make a friend every right. <laughs> ultra. You just end up like running with someone. So yeah, I do too. Um, I yeah. know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Although yeah. I'm going at a much easier pace. It's a lot more conversational for me, I think. oh yeah (laughs) no that's cool so um did you have any points of just distress out there where you know things were kind of falling apart on you or i mean you make it sound like it was smooth sailing the whole way and that's never possible (laughs) is it no (laughs) (laughs) um i really struggled in the power line section yeah um and yeah just my quads i think it was kind of like that delayed muscles for like doms, I think from right. Hope Pass. And um, yeah, my quads just really locked up on power line and just like taking a step. It was just like this really intense, like stinging pain, in my quads. Um, and yeah, it was just super painful to run. And um, yeah, it, that was definitely my lowest moment. And <laughs> my pacer was trying to be really helpful and like, just talk to me and stuff like as we were going up and then we got to the top and he's like, okay, and you like, you can run this. And it was just like really <laughs> trying to get me going. And I was like, okay, I'll run this, but there's going to be no talking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just need quiet. It was just like really straightforward. <laughs> um, <laughs> you got the old uh, low sugar crabbiness going there. huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then there was one point where he got me to eat a full, um, a whole gel going up far line and a whole whole gel. gel, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's like so much. Right. (laughs) Whole 80 calories. Um, yeah. And I was like, wow, I feel a lot better after that. He's like, good. Do you want another one? And I was like, "Uh." no. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I feel like I was just kind of crabby and like, yeah, just in a really like glow going up line and coming down but um coming into may queen i um met with my crew and um got some ramen <laughs> down right and then um i found out that the next woman was 30 minutes behind me and so i was like that could easily be made up in 13 miles you know if she's feeling like she's pushing to the end like yeah. i can't just slack off here so i just um yeah, I tried to like run the whole thing and I ended up putting a whole hour on her by the right. end and catching two more guys. So um, that was pretty cool to like have a comeback after just having such a terrible experience on Powerline. <laughs> yeah, but that's really common in Ultra to have, you know, be- those low moments and then be able to come back and uh, and then take advantage of somebody else having their low moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can pass my uh, you pass my friend Tyler Andrews out there in that last section, yeah. I believe. Yeah, I was surprised to pass him. <laughs> yeah, he he had a rough one there. He uh, had been in the yeah. lead there for a while, and then just wheels fell off hard. So um, yeah. I was proud of him for getting in there because he was planning to finish in the daylight, and uh, we were watching him coming yeah, exactly. in at like one thirty in the morning. So uh, he spent a lot yeah. longer out there than expected, but he toughed it out. So that that was cool. Yeah, that says a lot, I think, to finish, like, still finish the race, even when, like, you know, you're, like, not having the day you wanted. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely respect that because I feel like a lot of people would just be like, I'm having a terrible race. I'm just going to drop out. Like, this is just. <laughs> oh, no, so it's very true. Cool. I mean, we've seen uh, 
everybody from Anton to like Michael Aish, who, you know, would be um, dropping out of places like May Queen when, you know, just because things fell apart yeah. and most people would be like, oh, come on, you can just walk it in from there and at least get top 20 or whatever. But, you know, it's a different mindset. So definitely not knocking yeah. them, but it's, uh, but that does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that that got me is like, I, I knew about you. Um, I know people in Leadville, they told me, oh yeah, this Annie's running and everything. But I was amazed at the popular support you had, you know, kind of the home field advantage. Um, I mean, people were going crazy for you. Everybody knew about you coming in. And uh, yeah, I saw you coming in there in the dark there. Um, you know, I don't know what time it was, probably one in the morning or whatever. And people were absolutely nuts over you coming in, which that had to have <laughs> felt great, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. I had so much like great support out there. And um, yeah, like a lot of people have been asking me about like home court advantage and like training at high altitude and all this stuff. But I think it's not just the training at high altitude. I think it's just like, I just really love the town of Leadville and like just really wanted to do it like for the town itself. So, right. Um, yeah, it just like meant a lot to me from that standpoint. I think I was just like, maybe like the most passionate going into it. Um, I think that was like probably the most, the, the most biggest advantage there was like, I just like was passionate about the race and the yeah. town and everything. Yeah. So when did you decide you were going to run the hundred? I decided in uh, 2019, I was going to do it in 2020. Yeah, right. Canceled, um, right. And yeah, I, I got a, earned a gold coin at the silver ash 50 and that was my second 50 miler ever. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'll try a hundred. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm living in Leadville, so I might as well like run this race. And um, yeah, so I was really excited, but it was going to be my first hundred. And um, yeah, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise that it got canceled because that allowed me to get some more hundred mile experience <laughs> under my belt before doing Leadville. And yeah, I definitely don't think I would have won if I did it in 2020 as my first hundred because <laughs> yeah, no, I think your first hundred is always like a big learning experience. And I definitely made a lot of mistakes in my first one. So I'm glad I had the experience going into this one. I think that really made the difference for me. Yeah, you know, it's very reminiscent of the story of Molly, Molly Seidel, who took uh, the bronze medal at the Olympics. And that would have been her second ever marathon, having the first one yeah. having been her the Olympic trials. And she was able to get another marathon in because the Olympics had been postponed. And she felt like that really helped give her that experience. So she went and uh, took the bronze. So it, Yeah, it, it probably- that was amazing. And it's funny because I actually um, knew her kind of. My mom was a teacher at her school in Wisconsin. Oh, really? And yeah, she went to school like right down the street for me and – I would race against her sister a lot in high school. I'm like, we were like, pretty good friends. So yeah, I didn't know Molly like super well or anything. Um, but yeah, it's been fun to like follow her career. Like I just remember really looking up to her a lot in high school and then to see where she is now is just like really amazing. And it's been fun to follow her. Yeah. Without a career. doubt. So yeah. you have some sort of bragging rights there that you beat Molly Seidel's sister or something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I can't remember. I think she probably beat me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. I, I, I once I can't be- remember. But- <laughs> yeah. I once beat Kenny Moore in a race. Um, Kenny Moore was fourth in the Olympic marathon in 72, the year that Frank Shorter won. Oh, wow. But he was already old and decrepit by then. So, you know, <laughs> but, but, but I beat him. <laughs> 
awesome. for whatever that's worth. <laughs> no, so um, you know, I, I first my first Leadville, I also made some mistakes, and this was back in '92, so you know, a long time ago. But I learned a lot about not spending so much time in aid stations, for instance. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, 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 actually, I missed the cutoff at Twin Lakes inbound, and there were pictures of me shooting hoops in the fire station back then. They had a, they had a hoop in there because I felt so good, but I just wasted so much time at the aid stations. <laughs> I just, you know, I was so happy to see people would come up there to support me. So, you know, <laughs> I learned, and, you know, next time I was able to finish the sucker. So, uh, like, what, what kind of lessons had you learned from your first 100-mile experiences? Oh, well, my first one was <laughs> kind of a disaster. Um, I did the Bryce Canyon 100 and um, it was during COVID. And so um, I was surprised they were even able to put on the race because it was in May yeah. 2020. And um, like one of the things they were doing um, to keep it like COVID safe was um, they had all packaged food at the aid stations. And so there wasn't like the like the mashed potatoes and like they give you like the bowl and the right. spoon and everything and they just like wash there and stuff. Um, so they were really encouraging people to bring their own food as much as possible. And cause they just didn't have the greatest options. Um, and so I uh, put mashed potatoes in little Tupperware containers and all my drop bags. And that's just something that like goes down really well. And yeah, no, yeah. typically they're they're great, but I would imagine yeah. sitting in a drop bag for a while, they turn into <laughs> concrete or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they go sour. Mine <laughs> went sour. Sour? By mile oh, wow. 50. Yeah. And I took a huge bite and swallowed it, and it was like the aftertaste, because I just like eat it so fast that I didn't realize it had gone bad until like I'd already swallowed it. And I just like, my stomach was already a little on edge, but it was okay. Like I was still... <laughs> doing all right and then that just set it off and I couldn't stop throwing up after that um and then right out of that aid station you go down this jeep road for a little bit and then it turns off onto a single track trail and I missed the turn onto the single track trail and just kept going up the road and it was like a climb and then it's also in the desert and it was hot and sunny (laughs) and it was supposed to be five miles to the next aid station and so I was like drank all my water um when I saw that I was like getting close to five miles and then there was this fork in the road and there were no course markings, like which way to go. And, and, and as Yogi, Yogi Berra said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. But they had this app where you could see where you were in relation to the course. And so I pulled out my phone and looked at that and my dot was so far off <laughs> um, from where the course was. And so I realized that I had missed that turn and had to run five miles back down the road. And so it added 10 miles um, onto my first hundred miler. And yeah, I just, and then it was another five miles to the aid station. Cause I made that wrong turn, like yeah. maybe a quarter mile out. And I was a lot of water and it was just like, it felt throwing up. And then, um, yeah, so the whole last 60 miles, like since I ate those mashed potatoes, I like couldn't keep anything down after that. So I don't know how I finished like and running 60 miles on literally nothing. Like even right. water, I would take a sip of water and just throw it up. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but somehow I made it finish. <laughs> But yeah, I was also taking way too long at aid stations, like just trying to get food down, like that kind of thing. And 
I remember even after I took that wrong turn, I was still in second place. And um, the lady caught me, um, lady who ended up getting second, because I was ended up being third. Um, but she caught me in an aid station, and I watched her come in and leave before me. And I was, like, sitting down. Like, I had blankets around me, and I was, like, trying to eat some food. And she came in, and her crew... Um, was like massaging her legs while she was standing up and then she was just eating ramen and she was in and out in like less than a minute. And I was just like, wow, that's a really good idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the IndyCar pit stop, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I kind of realized like, wow, you don't actually have to sit down and like eat at eight stations. Like you can just come in and get out. So that's what I, I think made a huge difference for um, with Bill for me. Because my crew would just, I'd come in, she would have all the food, and I would just, we'd just keep walking through the aid station, and I would just, like, eat as we're, like, walking through. So I never actually, like, I did stop um, at Twin Lakes both times, but, um, yeah, I just had to change my shoes, and then I was early coming into Twin Lakes um, inbound, and, um, or outbound, and um, my crew, she's like, okay, sit down, you're a few minutes early, so I'm going to wipe your face, and, like... <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you had to explain like hey early is okay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah she's awesome my crew uh she's kind of a mentor to me but she's from russia so she's like this really thick accent and like it just makes her sound like even more intense <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i just remember like coming into may queen like she had walked up a little bit a little ways out of the aid station and she didn't have a headlamp on or anything. And um, I just, like, heard her voice in the dark. She was like, Annie, you have to run. <laughs> I was like, Olga? <laughs> and then she had a coffee for me. And she's like, now stay on my heels. We're going down to the aid station. <laughs> and, like, yeah, she was, she was awesome. Like, just spot on the whole day. But I just remember, like, <laughs> I couldn't tell if I was just, am I, am I hearing Olga's voice in my head? Or <laughs> she actually did <laughs> Can you imagine living in a country where everybody is so direct like that? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, it's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I once met um, Nicholas Romanoff, who um, he was the guy who invented the pose method of running. It, it was kind of a trendy thing at one time. He, he had a whole theory about how you should run. And I met him down at the U.S. Olympic Training Center here in the Colorado Springs. And um, he's showing me how to do it. And so I would go run and he'd go, no, 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 that's all wrong. And, and, and he had this English guy with him who was really mellow. And he goes, well, what Nicholas is trying to say is da, 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 do that. And so, okay, I do that. So then I do. And he goes, no, you're an idiot. That doesn't work. And, 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 and oh, what Nicholas is trying to tell you is it was, it was, a guy, it was just so funny. This guy like <laughs> translating from, from just harsh to like normal, calm English. It was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, he was a funny guy. Nicholas Romanoff, his card even said the czar of running coaches or something like that. It was it was pretty funny. <laughs> but uh, do you see a business in here, though, for um, Annie Hughes's prepackaged mashed potatoes here? You know, you, I, I see a business yeah. here, you know, if you can create something where they don't spoil and, you know, you could have runners could put these in drop bags or put them in their packs. And um, I, I see a business here for you. Yeah, that would actually be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would use them. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no mashed potatoes. Or yeah, you know, I'll I'll go th through eight stations. I'll just um, my, my uh, 
a crew will have uh, just Ziploc bags, and I will just say, "Hey, fill these bags with." And I, I you know, I like the um, the, the cut up uh, baked potatoes or mm-hmm. um, just uh, the, the rice balls or you know, whatever. I just stick those in a bag, and I'm just going to take them out on the trail. That's what I learned. Instead of hanging out the aid stations, I just whatever it is, I'm just taking out on the trail with me and just fill up the bags yeah, and we go. Yeah. Yeah, if you just like keep moving and spend like the least amount of time you can at the aid stations. Right. So uh even if you're just walking, like that's a huge difference from just standing there. So Yeah. No, you were in and out of Winfield in a heartbeat. I know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I like well, I filled up three bottles um going out of Twin Lakes. And so my hope is that would last me like the whole out and back. Um, so I didn't stop at Hope Pass at all. And then coming into Winfield, I was like, a Coke would be nice. So yeah, I just had like took a quick sip of Coke and like took the watermelon with me. And <laughs> yeah. I was out of there. <laughs> no, that's the way to do it. Cause uh, Winfield definitely gets those, those hangers on, you know, I, yeah, especially the last couple of hours, I have to give a lot of speeches to people sitting there about, you know, the chairs growing arms <laughs> that envelop them or even just, or I told them the story about, you know, I, so I was funny. the, um, the last S in 2015, I was coming back from knee surgery. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And I was the last finisher of the race, but <laughs> I, I was within four minutes of the cutoff, every aid station from Twin Lakes in. And oh my gosh. yeah, it was terribly yeah. stressful. Um, yeah. know, there's no time to relax at all. And I got to know Sandy, the cutoff lady very well, sweet woman. I love, love Sandy to death, but, um, uh, she followed me the whole way in and, um, but, um, but yeah, I was giving the speeches to people sitting there. I said, hey, if, if I was that close to the cutoff, you guys can get up and do it too. So um, yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny from early when you guys are all buzzing through to the, uh, the, the quote golden hours at Winfield, the last couple of hours between 4 and 6 p.m. when people are using the chairs there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool because uh, I have heard from some people who did make it after uh, my figurative kick in the butt up to, back up Hope Pass. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and all the volunteers. It's such an amazing aid station there. Yeah, it's my my second Leadville family, as I always say. Uh, they do such a great job. And that's where I am every year. I'm not running the race. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it is. So um you, be a part of it. Yeah. So I was going to say, you, you've you've run a few hundred milers before you, you Leadville there. And you've had some, you had a really busy race schedule this year and it's not over yet. I mean, I, I was kind of looking at your results and you you've, you ran an ultra basically every three or four weeks, all from the spring right up until Leadville. And, um, but you're still, obviously you felt fresh enough to, um, and, and what, what amazed me about your Leadville time is your other hundred milers were like 28 hours and here you are running 21 hours. So Obviously, a huge pickup in pace, but your legs somehow have stayed fresh through this whole through uh, the whole year of really pretty intense racing, huh? Yeah, yeah, they did. And also, like compared to the other hundred milers I've run, Leadville was by far like the easiest course. Like it was very runnable, and like all the other ones that I well, Bryce was just kind of yeah, just because I ran extra, so like that was slow because of that. But there was still seventeen thousand feet of climbing in that one. And then I did a hundred miler um, in June that had 20,000 feet of climbing. And then it was just like <clears throat> a really brutal course, like really tough terrain. And in the last, um, there was a three mile section in the last like nine mile um, stretch of the race where you cross this like Creek that 
came above my knees and you had, it was at least like five or six steps to cross it. And you cross it, um, 43 times in three miles, 43 <laughs> in three miles. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's and you're at the swim end fins of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just like a brutal course. And then to have that at the end, and, um, there are a lot of creek crossings throughout the whole race. And so my feet, like there was no point in changing my shoes because right. my feet were a little wet the entire hundred miles. And, um, yeah, by the time I got there and like just going through that water, like my feet were just stinging so bad and like, oh, that was <laughs> brutal. <laughs> so, yeah, what, what was the yeah, worst I part like, about that was, I mean, were you getting blistered? Were you getting sand in your shoes? Were you, you know, what, what was, what was the worst part about having your feet, you know, it's one thing to have them wet all the time, but you're kind of like wet, dry, wet, dry, wet, dry. You know what I mean? I mean, what was the worst part about that? I think it was almost like the start of trench foot, like just being mm. like my feet were just so pruned by then. And right. I think that made them just feel really tender. And when I was on, cause there were some pretty, it was just really steep ups and downs and then a lot of rocks. So like if my foot kind of moved a certain way, like it would just sting really bad and it was super painful. I think I was like crying the whole last 20 miles, just like whimpering. Like, <laughs> 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 every step was so painful. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So Leadville was definitely the fastest like course I've ever run. So I think that's why I was able to take so much time off on my PR. Um, Cause I mean, really the only part that's not runnable is like maybe going back up power line and then hope pass, but everything else is like incredibly runnable. Yeah, so true. Um, yeah. I think so, that's so which race was this one with all the creeks there. So I don't answer that one. Oh yeah. It's called Mesa's hideout 100. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it was the first race. It was the first time they ever put the race on. So I think they're going to reroute it for next year. So you don't have to go through that. <laughs> the 43 creek crossings. Cause everyone was just like, that was just brutal. Like, oh, that's wimpy. I, they, they, no, they, I, a good race director would find more creek crossings. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you my little anti blister secret here and you know, or we actually solve that problem a little bit here. This is a, Big secret for everybody who's, who's listening here right now. But so I will coat my feet in, you know, whatever you like, whether it's squirrels, nut butter or Vaseline or whatever you use. And then I put on two pairs of women's nylons underneath my socks. It sounds oh, really? bizarre as hell. Um, <laughs> it, it's a 99 cent solution. You, you go to your local CVS or Walgreens and you can buy the, either the package or the egg. I don't, I don't know, but 99 cents where two pairs of women's nylons they rub against each other so you don't get any friction, you know, on your feet and they dry out really quickly, huh. you know, when they get wet. And so oh. I've never had a blister in a race when I do wow. that. Yeah. Now I have other problems. You know, I take all the skin off the bottom of my feet, which is just a whole other issue. But, um, oh. but yeah, but, but the women's nylons work absolutely fantastic to prevent blisters. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. I'll just try that. I feel like every ultra runner just has like some little secret <laughs> yeah I, I actually got that from a guy who did a trans canada run which is you know lar even longer than a trans america run so oh wow. yeah oh that's amazing <laughs> wow yeah so uh you are uh i'm trying, trying to think whether i should go forward or backwards here i mean yeah you know you, you come from a collegiate cross-country career but you're also aiming this year you, you're, you're not done yet you're aiming to run moab correct Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't answer your question about all the racing this season. Oh, yeah. No, no, no problem. Go ahead, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Well, I guess I just kind of some of the races I had planned going into the summer, but some I just kind of added on like San Juan Solstice had an opening and I've been wanting to run that race. And I did it three weeks after the Mesa's Hideout 100. That's so I don't think I was quite quick recovered. turnaround. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, actually that was pretty brutal. I felt pretty terrible <laughs> for that one. Right. Um, but I still had so much fun. It was like a gorgeous course and everything. And then um, I also um, just signed a contract with Hoka um nice congrats thank you yeah Yeah. excited but um one of the things in my contract is i have to um do one race that's presented by hoka every year and so i was like shoot i need to find a race and um my only options were speed go or javelina 100 which they didn't have a a 400 meter race you could enter huh Uh, I mean, those, yeah, those are serious races there. Okay. Uh. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about doing Javelina, but it's like less than a month after Moab. (laughs) So I was like, oh, that won't work. And then, yeah, so Speed Goat was the only one that fit into my schedule, but it's not really my racing style. Like, it's just, I haven't raced anything under 50 miles in like two years. (laughs) I kind of like the longer stuff. So I was like, oh, I don't know about doing 50K. And then, there's so much climbing in that race. And I just feel like, I mean, I do do vert in my training, but nothing to really speak of, I guess. Like I don't do like crazy vert or anything. So even um, living in Leadville, <laughs> even living like, actually there's not like, you just can't get the really steep climbing that you're doing at speed go in Leadville. Like you can get like, you know, two grand on yeah. like most runs, but you don't get, like, unless you're doing Hope Pass, you know, you get three grand in, like, four miles. Um, so, that's a good place to train. But, um, yeah, it's not like the San Juans or something where you can just go out and get, like, 3,000 feet. Like, right. <laughs> a six-mile run. Like, on almost every run you do, you get, like, three grand. Um, so, yeah. I, but it actually went a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> so, I had fun doing that race. So, yeah, I've just been... It's been race, recover, race, recover all summer long. And then pacing people in between. So I haven't really been like training much this summer. Right. But I, um, I trained a lot this past winter in, in Leadville and was doing like 9,200 miles a week and really consistently all through the winter. So um, I think that really helped me going into the summer. And then I could just like play in the mountains and race. Yeah. Were you actually yeah. running in Leadville in the winter or did you like do any Nordic or snowshoeing or anything like that? Uh, no, I just uh, run the whole winter. Okay. I had a couple of days of Nordic skiing, but um, I'm not very good at it. It's basically just like walking on skis on. Yeah, I'm kind <laughs> just of the same way. The right, like warm down. So. Yeah, I'm mostly walking wisdom. and falling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got my wisdom teeth out. Um, this winter and so yeah i instead of running i nordic skied for a couple of days but yeah it was it was just walking the skis <laughs> <on pretty much>. <laughs> right <laughs> all right so, so how are you preparing then for moab or is it just kind of more of the same i think more of the same i yeah i took more time off than i normally would after a hundred miler um and yeah i think i'm gonna get like a couple solid weeks of like maybe 90 miles 
a week of training um, before Moab, but I think all the work is pretty much done. Like Leadville was kind of my training for it almost. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I feel pretty ready going into it. Um, well, so uh, th- this will sound like a mean question. It's not, don't, don't take that, but like, what makes you think you can do this race 240 miles versus the hundreds you've done? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Honestly, like there's a lot of unknowns and um, I don't know. I'm just like really excited to explore like longer distances. And um, I did last summer or last fall. So actually it's almost exactly a year ago. I did um, an FKT, the collegiate loop, right. which is, yeah, two sections of the Colorado Trail, and it's 160 miles, um, and that took me 61 hours, um, so I was like, okay, like, I know I can, you know, do this one thing for 61 hours, and I think Mob would maybe take me, like, a re- close to the same amount of time, Sure, maybe, like, 10 hours more or so, but... Um, yeah, I think after doing that, it kind of opened up a door for me, like maybe to the 200 mile distance, like maybe that's possible. And then, um, yeah, I just, Moab is, um, cause I was looking at the destination trail races and, um, I just thought Moab would be the easiest one to get to cause I can just drive there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like California, big boat and I have to like fly and like get all my crew out there. And that just sounds like kind of an ordeal. So and then I've always wanted to do the Moab 240 um, since I started ultra running. I remember hearing about Courtney DeWalter and how she beat all the men by like 10 hours. And yeah, I was just going to ask so you, are, are you tr- are you issuing the challenge to Courtney that you're going to take her down? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she is just so kind. And um, she actually lives in Leadville now. And um, I've like run with her a few times. But Oh, have you? Nice. Yeah. Yes. And she's just been like very supportive of my running and just, yeah, so sweet. But she actually offered, she's like, I would love to like sit down with you and like go over your pace chart and we could figure out like the times you'd need to hit to like break my record. Oh, so cool. <laughs> wow. So nice. I know <laughs> yeah. it just shows how like how kind she is, but um, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you a funny, I'll time. tell you a story about her uh, kindness also is um, I, I host one of the largest high school cross country meets in the state. Um, you should get between 1800 and 2000 kids running in the race. And, um, I put it out to the running public. I said, I need some volunteers. And this was probably, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago. Um, Courtney showed up along with a friend. And at the time I didn't, I didn't even know who she was. Okay. She was, this was kind of, you know, early and I mean, uh, but I didn't know who she was. She showed up, said, oh, you know, high school cross country was really good to me. And I just wanted to give back. And so she, she and a friend helped out at the race. And it wasn't until about two weeks later, I read something. It's like, holy crap, I had Courtney at my race. You know, it's like, and again, I, I, she, it's not like she said to me like, Hey, I'm like this famous person here or whatever. And, <laughs> you know, she just came and just said, she just wanted to help out at a high school cross country meet. How, how amazing is that? Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. She's so humble. And, um, yeah, I look up to her a lot, but yeah, it was so nice of her to offer to do that. But at the same time, just like, there's no way to break your record. (laughs) 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 uh, Yeah. I don't know. I think my goal for going to Moab is just to finish it. Cause like, who knows, you know, I've never run that distance before. And then, um, yeah, but if I find myself like feeling good and, I don't know. 
like, I really don't know what time I'll run or anything like that, but I just want to complete it. <laughs> right. And as best I can. So sure. We'll see. <laughs> Yep, whole new frontier. I, I just, I still find it amazing um, that the sick human condition, first of all, wanted to do hundred mile races. Because when I first ran Leadville in '92, there were 175 of us in the race, and there were like 30 hundred milers in the entire country. And now, of course, you know, uh, you know, they had what 600, some 700, whatever people at the race. They have to have a lottery for the spots. There's like 200 hundred milers in the country now, and now. 200 mile races are a thing. So just, I don't, I don't know what is wrong with human beings to want to do all this, but you know, it's, that's where we're going. Yeah. That's so crazy. I thought it'd be cool to see the sport grow like that. Um, yeah. Uh, You know what I love and, and this may be leading to another question for you is the change in the demographics, because as I mentioned before, it used to be the old geezers out there. And (laughs) now, you know, I, I kind of think of when, um, uh, Killian started, he was in his twenties and kind of, I think that kind of spawned, um, a whole generation, Anton, those guys, all of a sudden you see 20 somethings in the race. In fact, when I was running in Leadville, um, in the hundred two years ago, the first part up to May Queen, I was running next to a guy who was 22 years old, who, um, was actually doing lead man. He, he was, you know, doing oh, all the races and that's amazing. yeah. And there was a time when I remember there would never been a finisher of the hundred who was younger than 23. And the common thinking was younger people don't have the time. They don't have the willpower, the perseverance, you know, whatever it takes to train for something like that. So, um, I've seen a whole change younger, uh, more female, certainly, um, uh, every body type you can imagine out there. It's, it's, it almost yeah. looks like a community 5k did at one time. It's, it's kind of cool actually seeing so many people out there. So, um, but where does your impetus come from? I mean, obviously, you know, if I talk to the kids on my high school team, for instance, they're like, I'm not going to run a marathon. Are you kidding? Well, of course, you know, if I said ultra marathon, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, they, t- they tell me I'm Looney Tunes out of my mind. And of course, a lot of them come to me a few years later asking for a marathon training program, which is kind of funny. But nevertheless, somewhere, I mean, you started running ultras when you were like 21. In fact, I had a kid on my team recently. He was like, he first ran the North Fork 50K when he was 12. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of funny. But, but at some point, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. He's already finished that race. I mean, he's 18 years old. He's already finished it three or four times. It's uh, c- kind of funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, kid named Luke Sanchez that that I know. He's he's run a hundred mile or at 18 years old. But wow. Yeah, but um, but what was your impetus to go from? You know, I assume you started out in school running your typical little uh, you know youth track meets, cross country meets. Uh, you went on and ran some. Uh, did you run cross country at Buena Vista High School? By the way, I did. did yeah. You? Okay. So the, the, I know yeah. you, you, you cross country and track. Gotcha. Okay. You were you were a demon, and yeah. <laughs> right. And then I uh, went to Adams State, and at some point you said, <laughs> "Okay, running five k and six k isn't enough anymore. I want to go do <laughs> crazy stuff." Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm quoting my mom here, but. Um, uh, but what what got this impetus into you to suddenly switch gears totally, go to the longer stuff? I've just always been really interested in um, ultras and marathons. And I always thought, you know, I'd, you know, finish running college and then I'd move up to like the marathon and do that for a while and then move up to ultras. Um, but yeah, I was a year in a cross country season to 
college and um, just found myself really burned out on collegiate cross country and track. Um, the, 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 Damon and, Martin has a pretty intense program there, doesn't he, at Adams State? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it's a grind for sure. Um, and yeah, I think what really did it for me was I kind of discovered the mountains this summer going into my sophomore year of college. And um, I just hiked a couple of the 14ers and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I want to do all the 14ers now. Right. <laughs> and so I became like really excited about that. And um, yeah, then I came back to run on the team and I was just not as excited about it. And my freshman year, I was super intense about being on the team and, you know. Which is a hard team to crack. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's a veritable all-star team for anybody who doesn't know. Adam State is usually right near the top of division two and knocks off a lot of division one teams along the way. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. It was really cool to be a part of that tradition and everything, but um, yeah. And I was, I really loved it my freshman year and was, very into it. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I just got burned out and discovered the mountains and um, kind of found trail running. And so uh, I was like, I kind of want to quit the team and just run trails. And I was also just really burned out and competing. I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to run a race again. Like I just want to run in the mountains and right. not have to worry about competing. And um, yeah, so I quit the team and I climbed all the 14 years in Colorado and then I and did you, a and couple. And you, you did that really quickly, didn't you? Pretty quick, yeah. It took me two summers, but I did most of them that second summer because I was um, planning to do the whole Colorado Trail. Um, I was going to backpack that, and then um, there was so much. It was a really big snow year, mm, and so right. um, some of the sections were just like impossible because <laughs> there was so much snow still, and so. I had to keep pushing my start date back until the, I got to the point where I just didn't have time to do it. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I'll just do all the 14 years instead. And um, yeah, so I had fun just like driving around Colorado all summer, like doing 14 years and got them done pretty quick. But um, yeah. And then I kind of uh, did some trail races as well. And my first one was actually a 55 K in Moab. Um, and I had a couple of friends who were going to do it and, um, I'd never been to Moab before. So I was like, Oh, that'd be a cool way to explore Moab. And, um, yeah. So, and then I was like, I have friends who are doing it. So that'd be fun. And then neither of them ended up doing it. So I just went there by myself and (laughs) (laughs) did this race. (laughs) Um, but I actually had a ton of fun and everyone was so nice and I just felt like the the trail racing vibe is so chill and <laughs> right. laid back. It wasn't like a cross country meet where it's just like so intense. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, <laughs> so I really liked that. It was a nice change for me. And then, um, yeah, I just, I really liked the longer distance. So I was kind of like, man, I want to try a 50 miler now. And so I did a couple of those and then one of them was silver rush. And then, yeah, I was really excited to try a hundred miler after that. So I've just been kind of, pushing the distance boundary, <laughs> right? which is fun to kind of explore that. 
No, that's cool as hell. And, and just, uh, I mean, you know, for those who don't know, there are, depending on how people count them differently, there are 54 14ers. Um, I, you know, you hear numbers anywhere from 53 to 58. But uh, <laughs> still, that, that takes a lot of commitment right there to go and climb all those mountains. And, you know, there's only certain months of the year you can really do it. I mean, some people do make winter climbs, but that, that's a whole different mm-hmm. story. So, uh, you know, you were very focused on this. I was very focused. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I really wanted to do that. And um, yeah, it was just a really fun way to explore Colorado and um, yeah, go to all different parts of the state. And um, yeah, it was just a really beautiful adventure, like just to experience all those mountains. It's oh, really incredible. So for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed like going for that goal. And um, I would say it's like it's kind of similar to running an ultra climbing all the 14ers and well if you go um, out to hard rock you will climb a 14er right that's true (laughs) right (laughs) yeah yeah i mean certainly there's a lot of planning that goes into it but uh i I don't know if climbing a 14er i mean a lot of them you can do just in a few hours and uh i mean were you hiking or were you actually trying to run up some of them because there are some that are somewhat runnable anyway yeah yeah i was actually just hiking um but then I didn't really know that people tried to like run up the mountains. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was actually after I finished all of them that I tried to like do them fast and stuff, which was a whole different thing. And it was a lot of fun. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had some like pretty brutal experiences on the 14ers. And um, I think that prepared me really well for ultras because like some of the, <laughs> The discomfort was very similar to what you feel. Yeah. And like a smiler. So, yeah. And plus, just the whole high altitude thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then there were just like times where um, I went and did the Chicago Basin 14ers, which are uh, so it's 13 miles that you have to hike into this basin, or you can take a train that gets you within six miles of the basin. And then there's four 14ers back there. Um, but we just hiked in the 13 miles because the train was like a hundred dollars and only saves you like six miles. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like we'll just hike hundred bucks. Um, Jeez. Yeah. But um, yeah. So the plan was to like hike in 13 miles, then do the four peaks the next day and then hike out the day after that. So it's going to be pretty chill. Like yeah, putting it up in the three days, but um, we ended up, it ended up storming the whole day that we were supposed to climb all the peaks. Oh. And so yeah, and then I somehow broke my camp stove, and all the food that I brought was dehydrated meals, and I had like two flip <laughs> bars. Right, and so <laughs> we ended up like having to get all the peaks in one day, and then also hike out. And I had two cliff bars for that whole day, and then I got trench foot on the way out, and so <laughs> I was moving like. <laughs> less than a mile an hour it was just so painful and we didn't finish it was like a 22 hour day or something ridiculous and um yeah it was just painful and <laughs> looking what? like i was so miserable in the moment but like looking back on it i was like that was good ultra training <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder what is it with you in the trench foot here i mean do we need to find like a trench yeah. foot vaccine or something for you i mean yeah. <laughs> man oh man wish, yeah <laughs> Oh, geez. But it just rained that whole day and then my feet got wet and then I didn't have extra socks and I just didn't think it would be a big deal. But then my feet were just wet for so long and we were hiking that whole day. And I think 
yeah, by the time we went to hike out, like it had just gotten so painful. Like, <laughs> right. And my feet were just oh, so disgusting. And I was actually planning um, to do, cause the San Juans are pretty far away from Leadville. And so I was hoping to finish. Um, we were hoping to finish like in the afternoon, uh, get back to the car. And then I was going to drive and do these other 14ers, um, the Wilson group. Uh-huh. So it's going to be Wilson, Wilson Peak, and um, El Diente. And so I was going to do that like right after the Chicago Basin. Um, and I was meeting another friend to do that. And we ended up not finishing until after 1 a.m. And so I had to like oh, call wow. and be like, I'm so sorry, I can't make it. Like, I literally can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a bummer. But then I just had to come back and yeah. I let my recover and then came back and got them. And, <laughs> and over your friend was still talking to you after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he was really nice about it. <laughs> but That's I good. Felt <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I, I've had fun on 14ers before, but uh, th- those are good good adventures you had right there. And like I say, learning yeah. experiences, like extra socks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and some extra food. <laughs> yeah. Not all food. <laughs> or just don't break your camp stove. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, it's funny. I, I was on a backpack in the Grand Canyon, and back then, you know, bar—the the only bars out there were power bars. You know, they were the kind of the first yeah. ones, and power bars were my survival food in the Grand Canyon when we had to hike out in the middle of a blizzard. And um, oh. yeah, and and those power bars got to be, by the way, as hard as asphalt. I mean, I literally was holding them under my armpit just to warm it up enough so I could break off little pieces, and but. Um, but yeah, I, I, now I, I always carry some sort of bars. The cliff bars kind of thing is my emergency food. It's not my main food source, but, um, uh, but, but yeah, it, it is a wise thing. I always carry a bunch of extra power bars, cliff bars, whatever. Oh, for sure. Yep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, so you, um, you know, you've kind of, uh, put down roots in Leadville now and uh, you're working for the Leadville race series and everything, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I manage their retail store. Right. Which so, is an awesome yeah, place. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny that there's a whole story dedicated to the Leadville Race series, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you get hooked up doing that? Oh, so I was actually, um, the man who's in charge of, um, he's the volunteer coordinator and he had a back surgery and just needed some extra help, um, during the racing season. And so I was actually just going to like kind of help him out, but I also work at a restaurant um, or did, I think I might go back this winter because the store closes uh, September right. 15th. So um, yeah, I might go back and work at the restaurant, but um, yeah, I was going to work at the restaurant and then also kind of help him with the volunteer coordinating right. this summer. And then um, he called me one day and was like, Hey, this um, retail store manager's position opened up, and we're trying to find someone who wants to live in Leadville full time and um, do this. And I have some experience with retail. My first job was a um, was working at a running store in Wisconsin, right? And um, yeah, so I just thought it'd be a fun way to be a part of the race series. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a really fun summer. 
been busy, but, um, and I've been learning a lot, <laughs> Right. but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's fun to like talk to all the athletes and everything. And, um, yeah, just tell people about the race series. It's kind of funny though. Like some people will come in and buy like a ton of stuff and then they're checking out and be like, so what is the level race series? <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why are you buying all this stuff? <laughs> This level racers and you don't know what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, so that's kind of funny. Yeah, but, um, I mean, you know, I've, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, I've gone in there, bought a lot of stuff at times for my crew, for instance, you know, to thank yeah, them for, for helping yeah. out and everything. And um, But I, I have, you know, a very firm rule that I will not wear a shirt from a race I didn't run. You know, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know what this person's thinking there, but... Um, I know. I've had yeah. people come in and be like, so is the level race series a race series or is it just the name of the store? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's a race series. <laughs> oh, it's a clever name for a store though. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, you know, sometimes I'll have people will stop me on a trail cause they see the shirt I'm wearing. We'll have a conversation. I mean, but at the same time, like I'll, I'll go out and see people wearing shirts from University of Pennsylvania, for instance, which is my alma mater. And I, every time I ask somebody, they're like, oh, no, this was like my girlfriend's shirt or this was, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, they always have – nobody I meet ever actually went to Penn. It's so amazing, even though they're wearing Penn That's stuff. Funny. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell are you wearing that stuff for? Or, yeah. Some people just don't care. Yeah. You know, actually, it's really big in Europe to wear stuff that says things like, you know, New York or Santa Barbara or California on their – and they've oh. never been there at all. It's just – but it's really popular to buy stuff that says that. So, I don't know. I guess there are a lot of people who want to live in a fantasy world of having run the Leadville Race Series, whatever the heck that is, right? <laughs> funny yeah so are is there are you trying to say since the store is closing here in a couple of weeks that there are some big clearance sales going on right now some big markdowns we can take advantage of yeah yeah there's a whole section of stuff i've marked down so all right yeah. I, 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 I may get on the website later today and place an order <laughs> or do i have to show oh, yeah. up yeah exactly i I think the um, the sale rack is like just in the store. Oh, okay. But that's a good idea. I should put it online. Right now, I'm like swamped um, with online orders because I'm trying to um, or I'm mailing everyone their awards, and then people are also ordering stuff online on top of the awards, and then oh. just like figuring out what their time. Like a lot of people like put an order in, and then I have to like look at the results to make sure they actually ran it or wrote it in that oh no time. yeah that's true there's probably people faking the it jacket and the right buckle and then they ordered stuff on top of it so i have like almost 200 online orders oh. just like with the awards <laughs> that'll be my big project for the rest of the week <laughs> oh man you got a hard deadline too you got the 15th and then boom you, you that's it's done right yeah <laughs> oh man there's some pressure there that's like trying to make the cutoff yeah <laughs> wow well cool so you know you mentioned all these people you know coming in shopping and everything how about are, do you are you getting a lot of inquiries you know or maybe contacts from maybe young girls who are interested in what you're doing here as a young female ultra runner and um you know looking for some guidance looking for some inspiration anything like that there were actually a couple of girls who might have been like 
just a couple of years older than me. Um, and it was funny because um, they came in just like asking me about the race series. And then they asked if I had done it. And um, this is before <laughs> the hundred. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm running it this year. And then they're like, oh, what's the furthest you've ever run? And um, uh, I was like, oh, I did the collegiate loop, which is 160 miles. But I didn't think they would know what that is. Right. I'm like, no way. Like, we just hiked the collegiate loop and we've heard about you. Really? <laughs> we've heard that you went for the fastest known time. Yeah. And that was like really cool. And they were just so sweet and just asked a lot of questions. And um, yeah, hopefully they'll try an ultra because they seem pretty excited about it. So. Nice. Um, yeah. I mean, but do, do you think there haven't been many women like my age who have come in? It's like more, it's mostly like middle-aged men. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You got a bunch of middle-aged men being little fangirls, huh? <laughs> or at least that just like come into the store and like buy stuff. But yeah. I feel like most of the racers are like, especially for the mountain bike, like there's hardly any women that do it, I feel like. <laughs> Or like yeah, so, just the majority of people who do it, I think are like are, are male. So yeah, <laughs> but I you, hope they you, get more women into it. But. Yeah, I mean, like I've I've uh, I know some people in the Nordic skiing community, for instance, and you know Jesse Diggins type people get a lot of you know young girls are like, oh my god, I want to be like her someday, or they see like Olympic swimmers, or Olympic gymnasts, and like, oh, I want I want to be those someday. But um, is it? Do you, you don't have like the 16 year old girls who are going, Oh my God, Annie, like you're, you're my idol. I want to be like you. Or do you think maybe even a 16 year old girl can't wrap their head around the idea of running a hundred miles? <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of girls that age just don't really know about it. Right. Um, like they're focused on cross country and stuff. Like I didn't really know. I didn't start like focusing on the ultra scene until I was um, like in college pretty much. So um yeah, I think it would be cool for younger girls to learn about it, but um yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no it is an education process. I know even as a high school yeah. coach, um I'll I'll talk to kids who have no idea what cross country is or that it exists, you know, they they may have mm-hmm. done their little field days or whatever in junior high school, but you know, if I mention cross country, they'll usually be like skiing in high school and then no, no, this is running and um, but yeah, most of them just don't even know it exists as a sport. It's a real problem versus, you know, sports like soccer and football, basketball, so- you know, that these kids have been playing since they were toddlers pretty much. Um, and obviously ultra marathoning isn't even on the radar. You know, if they haven't heard of cross country, they certainly don't know anything about, you know, ultra marathons, which, which is why I always like bringing the kids I coach up to Leadville with me. Like I've brought a lot of kids in the past to Winfield to work at the aid station so they can oh, so see cool. what it's like. Yeah, Or they've been my crew. I mean, when I was the, um, uh, a couple finishes I had, like I had all my kids running in the last mile with me and. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Yeah, no, I had the, yeah, it's so cool. I mean, there, people made videos of my whole team running in with me in 2015. It was so cool when, um, like I say, I was the last ass and I had like 15 kids following me and it was, it was pretty sweet. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to introduce ultra running to. Yeah. Just open their eyes to the possibilities when they see what people Mm -hmm. can put themselves through. Um, you know, cause you know, how many times have you heard people say, Oh God, hundred miles. I don't like to drive that far. You know, it's yeah. our favorite line, you know, but, um, you know, even adults who, you know, can't even comprehend it. So it's good to give these kids some ideas of, you know, what is humanly possible. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, yeah, it's so funny. People come into the store and like the race is a hundred miles, like in at one time. And right. Yeah. And <laughs> do you sleep? <laughs> yeah, that's my other favorite. And I said, yeah. yeah. I said, sure, I can sleep. They're not going to stop the clock for me, but sure, I can yeah. sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So yeah. <laughs> so, um, so do you feel that there's any trend towards, you know, younger people getting into it or are you kind of like, are you just a unicorn out there? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I think a lot of younger people are getting into it, which is really cool. Um, and more women are getting right. into it, which I think is super awesome. Um, yeah. Although yeah, the Leadville this year was very interesting. I was discussing this yesterday with Cole about how, um, so few women finished the race this year, comparatively speaking. Oh, really? Out of, there were 321 finishers, and there were something like 70-some-odd women who huh. finished. Obviously, you know, what is that, like a, a fifth of the field or maybe a quarter, you know, just probably about 20, 20, you know, between 20 and 25% of the field, which considering the number of starters, I would, I, I, have, I would have to go back and look, but I would imagine the number of starters was probably more even. But um, it was a very low finishing percentage. I was really, really surprised by that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Because you know there are people yeah. out there like uh, Courtney or you who are out there winning races, uh, you know, outright. <laughs> in fact, you, you've done that in a race or two, haven't you? Where you've beaten everybody, including the men, right? Uh, just one race. Um, yeah. It was the Collegiate Peaks Fifty Miler. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? <laughs> Oh, that was cool. I was really surprised because um, it's a basically it's kind of like an out and back because you do this loop that's 25 miles and you do it. Um, you start out going clockwise and then on the way back, you go counterclockwise. You can right. see everyone like coming into the turnaround. And um, yeah, I remember seeing the men like at the turnaround and they were just so far ahead of me. So I just didn't expect to pass them, but I was leaving for the women and then after the turnaround, people at the aid stations just kept telling me, like, you're not that far away from the top two men. Um, I was like, really? <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I just kept pushing. And then eventually I came up on them and they were both like walking <laughs> right. 35 miles. And yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to win this thing. Like overall. <laughs> and I felt pretty strong um, around that time. And yeah, I had 16 miles left to go and um, I ended up making a 15 minute gap on the next um male finisher so that was nice. cool <laughs> well congratulations that's pretty awesome thank you <laughs> yeah so uh, what, what advice would you give somebody who maybe wants to get into ultra or wants to um maybe take the step from you know doing 50 k's or 50 miles going up to longer distances yeah i think it's just really fun to keep pushing that distance boundary. Um, and yeah, but I think the hundred milers, I, that's like my new favorite distance. It's just such an adventure and um, like 50 milers are fun, but I just think in a hundred miler, like you get kind of the sleep deprivation and like food is kind of more of a factor and like, there's just more, yeah, variables are like <laughs> right. That yeah, I was gonna say go un about. until the two hundred milers become your favorite when you got to do yeah. your, you know like not just sleep deprivation, <laughs> but you actually have to figure out how to sleep. You know, yeah, it's right, true. yeah, yeah. Um, 
so yeah, it's just a lot of fun, like playing with all of that. And um, yeah, I think the biggest thing, like going into a hundred milers, just um, yeah, dialing that nutrition and having like a really good support crew that like right. knows you well. And um, yeah, just like being organized with it and um, and also just being consistent with the mileage. I think right. that helps a lot too, like just having a strong build up to it. And um, yeah, but I think, I mean, I don't really feel that much worse after a hundred milers than I do after 50 milers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like after that point, it's just like it all, you just feel bad. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I think that's a function partly just running on trail, you know, uh, I've run yeah. you know, road marathons where I feel much worse than running, say a 50 mile trail run. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I think just oh, being, beating myself on the pavement is so much worse than running on a trail. I don't know, but my personal experience anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I speaking of that. nutrition and such, uh, what is your uh, normal diet like? Oh, my, my diet. Yeah. It's pretty normal. I feel like I eat pretty healthy, but, um, yeah, I, I eat a lot of like, I eat the same salad every day. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. I just mix lemon juice and olive oil and then, um, spinach or yeah, some kind of like dark greens and, um, mix that in and then Parmesan cheese and carrots and, pumpkin seeds <laughs> and sometimes i'll add like tomatoes or avocado like depending on what i have but it's always yeah. the carrots and the pumpkin seeds <laughs> all right <laughs> so yeah um yeah i just love salads it's an easy way to get veggies in and then i always have um usually like i really like salmon or chicken i feel like those are my two common forms of protein and then right. um some kind of like grain like sometimes i'll make like pesto salmon or chicken pasta Right. Not a lot. Um, sandwiches at lunch and like oatmeal eggs in the morning. <laughs> yeah. All right. So pretty yeah. standard things, but. All right. That's cool. So uh, you haven't, um, I eat a lot of salads too, but you haven't adopted the uh, Courtney diet, huh? <laughs> Some beer nachos. <laughs> <laughs> right. And pizza or whatever else you can grab. You know, lots of burgers. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yeah. I like burgers. Yeah. Those are good. I think it's kind of cool how she's not very scientific with that. Um, so oh. I was talking to her about it one day and she's like, yeah, I'm just not a foodie. Like we just kind of make whatever and eat a lot of leftovers. And <laughs> right. I know she is hilarious like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, cool. Where, where do you see your uh, career heading here in the next couple of years? Oh, I'm really not sure. I'm, I feel like I'm still kind of in this exploratory phase of like figuring out distance and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I guess I would just love like an opportunity to run like some more of these like iconic races. Um, like I definitely want to put in for Western States next year. Right. I think that would be a really cool opportunity. And um, cause I have three races now that I could, um, or three qualifying races. So I'll definitely enter the lottery, but who knows if I'll get yeah, my few no. years before I get picked. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, and then um, we'll see how the Mob 240 goes, but um, I would love to do like all of Candace's races, like all the 
do the triple crown of 200s. I think that would be really cool. Um, and then I'm also just really interested in some of the uh, races in Europe, um, like the UTMB and um, I think it's the Tour de Monterosa. Uh, that one looks really cool too. Yeah. And I think there's a, um, I forgot what it's called, but in the UTMB series, there's the 200 miler. Uh, and I feel like that would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have five days to finish it. And I just heard just so much climbing. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if, if they've split but, that into five days, it must be brutal. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to a guy, like the first time I ever heard of it, I was running my first 100 miler, Bryce Canyon. He was telling me some stories about it. He said, yeah, you just, it's just such the climbs are so steep and then you get to the top and you're too tired to run down. And it's also like incredibly steep. So you end up just like walking the whole thing pretty much. And then he said, but it's really nice because there's like these little huts along the way and there aren't aid stations. There's just like the huts. And so you just go in and have like a nice meal. Really? <laughs> in one of the huts and then you keep going. Yeah. There, there's a um, chef. He said, He's, it's a catered meal and white tablecloth. And- well i've done a um a hut to hut hike on the like part of it was on the utmb course but i hiked from uh chamonix to zermatt oh okay and um yeah there's like these little huts you can stay in along the way and it's in the middle of nowhere in the mountains and like you have this amazing meal (laughs) (laughs) this amazing meal ready for you and yeah it's just so nice to be hiking all day and like this beautiful (laughs) <laughs> trail and it's also really challenging terrain and then at the end of the day you have like a nice place to stay and like a nice meal <laughs> yeah it's better than coming back to dehydrated food you can't rehydrate right yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, oh that sounds so pretty awesome cool to do like a, a 200 as fast as i can like in that style i think that would be really fun yeah, I don't know. I think I would uh, probably take all five days, though, if I could stop and have those fancy meals everywhere. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all the, bait, or all the pastries. <laughs> I feel like that would be so fun yeah, to have. Yeah, can you imagine that by the miles. fifth day, you're just like rolling down the hill because you've just put on 20 <laughs> pounds? <laughs> yeah. It's too many croissants. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I used to, uh, somebody once wore a shirt when I was running Leadville. It was the funniest thing. It was like, lose 10 pounds in 30 hours. Ask me how. <laughs> and, and, you know, this would be a race you're talking about here. It's like, I gained 10 pounds in, in you know, 30 hours. Ask me how. Yeah. <laughs> By running an ultra, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a, a, a good weight loss program here. Run, run an ultra and... <laughs> lose 10 pounds <laughs> yeah it's true it's pretty crazy yeah i mean most of it is just water weight but yeah you know in the old days at leadville they used to weigh you in every 20 miles oh really yeah we used to have to step on a scale and the rule was if we I think it was if you lost seven percent of your body weight you got pulled from the race until you rehydrated and if you lost 10 percent, you're out oh yeah Oh my gosh. Yeah. So even I remember at Winfield, when people would come in, they'd have to step on a scale before, you know, and, and we'd be comparing it to their initial weight and everything. And um, they, they've gotten oh rid of all gosh. that kind of stuff. I mean, we used to, you know, our wristband used to have our blood pressure and pulse and all our, you know, our vitals on there. So uh, that, those were in the days when Leadville was run basically to see, oh, can people humanly do this? And now yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I was like 
680 people doing it. I don't know if, they, I don't know if they'd have time to like weigh everyone. <laughs> yeah. And as far as I know, deaths are pretty rare from, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I tell that to the kids I coach when they they get our work. It's, I've rarely had anybody die from this before, but <laughs> um, uh-huh. yeah, gallows humor. So, <laughs> well, Annie, you know, you, you've been so generous with your time. I know you're going to have to get to work here pretty soon, so I, I don't want to hold you up all morning. But I I really appreciate it. What haven't we covered? What uh, what what have we missed? Oh, I think yeah, that's pretty much everything. Everything yeah, that's coming up, yeah. What I want to do next, so right, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, how can people find you out there? Oh, I have uh, an Instagram. It's outdoorable Annie, which is one and... of the, the great handles of all time. <laughs> <laughs> My mom came up with that. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Credit to mom. That's good. Out, 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 outdoorable Annie. Yep, that's great. <laughs> Um, and then I also am on Strava. All right. So they can find me there. But yeah, um, I'm not very good with social media. I can't figure out Facebook. It's like too complicated for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll, because uh, when I signed the contract with Hoka, I was worried they were going to have me like make a Facebook and a Twitter. Um, but they said, yeah, you just have to post once a month and Instagram or Strava. So I was like, oh, that's so nice. I don't have to make a Facebook or a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a lot of pressure though. Once a month. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Nope. But- I understand that because I mean, you know, Facebook is for the old people out there. And if you can't figure that out. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know how the, all the older people can figure this out and I can't. <laughs> There's like, much going on on Facebook. I just can't understand. <laughs> Actually, Facebook is a nightmare for me too. Don't worry. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, God. I've, I've set up more Facebook pages, you know, like for the American Heroes run I've got coming up or for my editing business. Oh. And I usually have to call up some college student I know and say, help. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I, I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, even my Instagram, I like deleted it the other day because it's like, it's not working. So maybe if I delete it and restore it, maybe it'll come back and work again. And it, it, yeah, it, it happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually did work. I, I don't know why, but, uh, but yeah, for me just, to, oh God, I got to set this up all over again. And, uh, yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's pretty straightforward though. Like posting is pretty easy <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> well cool so uh well that's great i will uh, definitely let people know uh, in the show notes and they'll hear you know they'll find you at out outdoorable annie and uh, definitely worth a follow this uh, young lady has uh, accomplished a lot here already and uh, gonna do a whole lot more so w- what's the date on moab coming up oh it's october 8th all right good and good i have until the 12th to finish it so <laughs> i'll finish somewhere in those <laughs> somewhere <Right>. in there <laughs> okay well good well hopefully people will follow you out there with that and uh, if you want a tune-up race i've got my american heroes run coming up next weekend it's flat as a pancake and um you, you could oh. you could probably do the the 100 miles there in about i don't know 15 hours maybe oh it's that flat yeah no it is super flat wow yeah the um uh. Yeah, I was going to say we had uh, Jason Romero won it last year, and he he ran about twenty and a half hours, and um, and Jason is, is a cool story himself. He's visually impaired, 
and oh. and uh, he like I say he was the winner of our hundred miler last year in twenty and a half hours. So it's that's it's so cool, super fast. It's it's actually a loop course, um, one point zero five miles. So we set up a a screen so you can see your progress as well as everybody else in the race with you, and so you see kind of a moving scoreboard as you're running by each mile, roughly. And oh my gosh, yeah, it's kind of a cool format. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, it might be a little close to Moab, but yeah, maybe pr- next year. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, maybe even a little close to what Leadville just was, too. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, good. Well, hey, Annie, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And um, you know, I know you've been really busy with uh, all your little fangirl requests all over the country, all over the world now after your Leadville win, which was so awesome. And like I say, it was so much fun watching you run out there, seeing like, Everybody's like, "Oh my God!" You know, Annie. Everybody was so excited about you. So <laughs> it was it was just really cool seeing you run. And thank you so much for your time here this morning. Oh yeah, thank you so much, and thank you so much for volunteering at Winfield. Oh, of course. Appreciate no, it is it is so much fun out there. It's uh, um, like I, said, I can I can use my experience a little bit, but also it's just it's such a low point for some people. So it's so much of a pleasure to just encourage them to get back out there because you know, as they say in Leadville, if you dig deep. You can do a lot of things, right? Yeah, right. for sure. You bet. All right. Well, thank you so much, Annie. Have a great weekend coming up. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks. Thank you very much for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media. And please take a minute and give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. And I would be humbly honored if you would write a review as well. These five-star ratings and reviews... Help us make more episodes and rise higher in the podcast services search algorithms, helping more people find our show. The We Are Superman podcast can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally, if every one of us takes the small step to get vaccinated, we can team up to defeat COVID. It's been nice going to baseball games unmasked, but we are going to have to wear masks at the University of Denver hockey games, which begin in a couple of weeks. And it sure would be nice if that were not the case. But we need more people to get vaccinated to get to that point, you know? So until next time. Always be positive.